the deep part that Alan was singing, is that the pipe that's off on the organ? Is it that one? Yeah. That's it? Good. We can't hear that pipe on the organ because it's off, but we can hear Alan do it. So thank you, Alan. <laughs> thank you, gentlemen. That was lovely. I don't know if that's barbershop gospel or what that is exactly, but that was so much fun. We appreciate you. The gospel lesson today from Matthew in the 16th verse. Sounds like this. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed on the third day and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. And Jesus told his disciples, If anyone if any want to become my followers... Let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? 
or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with angels in glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And we're moving today to the third chapter of Exodus. If you'll recall last week, we were talking about the first and second chapters of Exodus. The people have fallen into slavery because the Pharaoh no longer remembers Joseph, who had saved the people from shore starvation. And the Israelites have become slaves to the Egyptians. Now Moses, that special baby, was put in a basket and sent down the river where the Pharaoh's daughter snatches him up out of the river, delivers him out of the water, up from the water, is what Moses literally means. And she has raised him as her own child, but he knows still that he is a Hebrew. And in the part of the text we don't hear between last week and this week, Moses has seen an Egyptian dealing harshly with one of his Hebrew brothers or brothers' brothers in this case. And Moses kills the Egyptian dealing harshly with the slave. He buries him in a shallow grave and the body is found out and Moses is found out. And when Moses is found out for being the murderer that he is, he runs away from home. He runs to the land of Midian where Jethro, the priest, becomes his father-in-law. And the story picks up here. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. Moses led his flock beyond the wilderness. That's going to be key for us today. Say that, beyond the wilderness. And came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to Moses out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Then he said, come down closer. Remove the sandals from your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. God said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings. 
and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land to the good and broad land, the land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, if I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this my title for all generations. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you've been reading in the news, perhaps you realize that the Diocese of Santa Fe, which presumably is in New Mexico, is now censoring its, its, its priests from preaching if they preach too long. I will be brief today. Thank you for laughing at my joke. Moses has gone beyond the wilderness. Say that, beyond the wilderness. wilderness. Now, to anybody who knows anything about life in Moses' time, this would have been a clue for them. The moment they heard beyond the wilderness, their ears would have perked up. Beyond the wilderness is dangerous. Wilderness is dangerous enough, but beyond the wilderness is even worse. Now, wilderness in biblical times was the place outside the walled city. Wilderness was the place where they let the animals go and graze. Shepherds tended their flocks in the wilderness. But those were also places where wild animals roamed. The cities had walls so marauders couldn't come in 
and attack. They also had walls so that people lived there could stay inside and be safe. So if you went out into the wilderness, you were taking a little bit of a risk. But Moses has gone beyond the wilderness. Say that, beyond the wilderness. wilderness. Alan, you're on today. Wow, man. Now, we know wilderness, as people who study the Bible, as being a metaphorical place, right? Wilderness is the place where people go to find God. Wilderness is the place where the Israelites will roam around for 40 years because they've disobeyed God and they need to figure out what it is to be a community of faith, what it is to be God followers. Wilderness, when Jesus goes out, is a place where he is tested and tempted by the devil to learn what he must do to follow God. So wilderness for God's people becomes a place of growing in relationship with God, growing in faith. And it's not necessarily a testing for everyone, but just those two examples that I meant. But look at this, what happens in this story. This is great, right? Wilderness is amazing, but Moses, remember, has gone beyond the wilderness. wilderness. Look what happens here. Very early in the text, we're only in verse 2, and the narrator is talking to us. The narrator is talking to us, and it says, There the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a flame of fire out of a bush, and Moses looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Okay, that's the narrator talking to Moses when he's beyond the wilderness. And then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. Moses is curious. Moses hasn't figured out what God is doing yet. But then in verse 4, when the Lord saw that Moses had turned aside to see, God called him out of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, And Moses said, here I am. Don't miss this now. Moses is out beyond the wilderness, and God speaks to him. Out of a burning bush. Moses has gone through the, out of the gated city, through the wilderness, beyond the wilderness, Thank you. And before <laughs> that was great. Oh man, put like put an extra quarter in his pay this time, will you? Um, <laughs> he's out there. Moses is out there, and before he even gets beyond the wilderness, God is there speaking His name. Don't miss this, fellas. 
Don't miss this. Before you can stand in awe of God, before you can stand in the midst of your pain, before God can keep God's promises, before you can answer God's call, before you can truly worship, God shows up and supports you in your place that's worse than wilderness. God's already shown up beyond the wilderness. See, here's what I know. Some of us are caught up in our own wilderness. Our wilderness of pain, of illness, of isolation, of hunger, of financial struggle, of relationship problems, addiction, depression, and quite frankly, some of us are content to stay there. All those wilderness things are the things we know. We've grown complacent in trying to even believe that there's something beyond the wilderness. wilderness. But if you take one step of faith to move beyond. You will find that God is already there waiting for you. Waiting to offer you promise and mercy and kindness and all of the goodness that God promises for all of us. Friends, don't get stuck in your wilderness. Move on beyond the wilderness. Beyond the wilderness. Amen.